Likute Sichais, Chelik Yutes, Volume 19, the first Sicha for Parshas Vaschanan. This Sicha focuses on, perhaps you can say, the most important mitzvah of all, one that is mentioned in this week's Parsha, namely in the Shema, something that we recite twice a day, in the verse, Vishinantom Levonecha Vidibartabom. You shall repeat it, you shall teach it to your children, and you shall speak in them, means in the words of Torah. So this in general is the mitzvah of learning Torah. This mitzvah will focus on and will come to appreciate the proper attitude that one needs to have when studying Torah. And also, what is the proper approach in how to teach others and debate matters of Torah. Uh, it will be very useful to familiarize ourselves with the concept, with the term bitul, as it will be used throughout this sicha, this talk. You see, the word bitul, translated total void or nothingness, means to not feel like something important in yourself, not to feel as something separate, so to speak, from Hashem. Bitul, in terms of one service to Hashem, means that you feel total subservience to Hashem. It's not about you, it's about Hashem. It's not about for example, it's not about the individual soldier, it's about the mission. So he's totally bottle to the mission. So let's go right into the Sikha. In the mitzvah of Talmud Torah, of learning of the study of Torah, we find in general that there are two commandments, there are two parts to the mitzvah. There is, number one, lilmoit, to learn. One has to study Torah, one has obligation. And then there's the obligation to study lilamid, to teach to others. In others, meaning in general to others, and especially and specifically as it comes out from this week's parsha, especially one has an obligation to teach his children, specifically his sons. But we find something very interesting. Just like all the other laws in the Torah, they have a section in the laws of in the books of Halacha, in the Shulchan Aruch, in the Rambam. But something very interesting when we look at the Rambam and at the Alter Rebbe Shulchan Aruch, in their in their respective laws of the sections of the, the laws of Talmud Torah, of the study of Torah, we find something very interesting that it begins with the obligation, with the imperative of one to studying with his young son, meaning that one has to learn Torah with Beno HaKotan, with his small son, with his young son, young child. And it would seem that this is a little difficult. It needs some explanation. Why? Because it would seem logical to begin with the obligation, to begin with the mitzvah, the imperative of the adults learning. Because first one has to has the obligation to study with oneself, and then comes the obligation to study with others. And especially if you think about it, the whole reason why one has to study with his son is because there is, is a mitzvah to study Torah. And that mitzvah is for everyone. So first study, first teach us the mitzvah, and the details of the rules, the laws of how one needs to study Torah, and then go into that particular detail of learning of one's son. Why is it that this is the order? So the Rebbe says you can perhaps explain it this way. Since there is an obligation to study with a child, and this is a very unique obligation, this is a very unique commandment. Why is that? Because typically all the commandments in the Torah begin meaning that one is um, obligated, they, one, one goes, one's obligation goes into effect when one becomes Barabbas Mitzvah. The need for a child to perform mitzvahs is only a rabbinic 
mitzvah is only a rabbinic decree with the rabbis, the rabban, the, the rabbanon. Mid rabbanon, we have an obligation to educate, to train our children. But this here is very unique that the Torah commands us to teach the children to. And therefore, perhaps we can suggest this is the reason because you have to teach your children and it's a biblical, uh, biblical imperative. Therefore, when does that begin? That begins before you become an adult. In other words, that begins with at the childhood age. And therefore, this could be one reason. Another reason, since the mitzvah of the Torah, of, of studying Torah, that is, is mentioned many times throughout the Torah. However, the primary source of the mitzvah, in other words, the primary commandment is from this specific verse, which happens to also be talking about, mainly, about teaching children. Therefore, this became the point of preference from where to begin the, the, um, the, uh, the laws of the study of the Torah. This seems to be, either with this reason or that reason, this seems to be one of the two reasons that can help explain and, and rationalize why the laws of Talmud Torah, both in the Rambam and in the Alter Rebbe, begin with the, uh, with the obligation of teaching one's child. But the question is that this itself requires some clarification. This requires some elaboration. Why the mitzvah of learning Torah? In other words, why is it that the mitzvah of learning Torah is number one? As we said, a biblical obligation to also do so with children. And moreover, and here's really what's more important, that even the obligation for the adults seems to be included in the obligation of the children. And that's why, like I said, the primary source for this mitzvah is this verse which speaks about teaching the children. So in order to understand this, we'll take a look at the difference, the distinction between the performance of mitzvahs and the study of Torah. You see, when you look at the mitzvahs, any mitzvah, the main objective, what is the purpose and the objective of the mitzvah? Every mitzvah, any mitzvah, it is to do it with the physical, material thing. To do, to actually implement the mitzvah, to do it. And to elevate that thing to Hashem through the action which we do with that mitzvah, whatever that action may be. If it's a period film, putting it on. If it's food, by eating it. Whatever that is, it's to physically do the mitzvah. In other words, the action is the primary point of the mitzvah. Versus the study of Torah. What is the study of Torah? The idea of learning Torah is not just saying words. Because that's really almost like a physical option, action. The real, the real point of study of Torah is the intellectual engagement that one takes with their intellect, with their mind, and one becomes one with the concept, with the intellect that's being studied, and through that, with Hashem. In other words, ultimately, this is to connect our intellect with the intellect of Hashem. And therefore, it's understood that in order for that to come about, one has to have absolute bitul. One has to be bottle, totally. Because one has to purely connect himself, his intellect, to Hashem. And I'll explain why. Because if somebody just learns, quote, with their own intellect, meaning without being totally subservient and bottled to Hashem, then one can actually misuse the Torah and, in fact, pervert the meaning of the Torah for it to end up meaning whatever his mind, whatever his agenda may be. 
you actually see people sometimes they can take words of Torah, concepts of Torah, and they twist it around to fit their own agenda. They pervert the meaning of the Torah in order to, because it's about them, it's not about the cause. It's not about Hashem and connecting to Hashem. So, therefore, we can now better appreciate why Chazal say, the sages tell us, that an absolute prerequisite for the study of Torah is first reciting the blessing. That's why every day when we begin a new day and we set out to study Torah once again, we need to make a blessing. You can't study Torah before making a blessing. Why? Do, what is the blessing? The blessing is an announcement, a pronouncement, an overt acknowledgement that this is not about me, this is about Hashem. In fact, the words that we say in the blessing, we say, V'nasan lanu, He gave to us, He, that's Hashem, gave to us Torah Sai, His Torah. That it's not about me, it's His Torah, it's about connecting to Him. And therefore, because, as we now appreciate more, better appreciate, because the whole approach to the study of Torah and the imperative in the study of Torah is bitul, Therefore, there, I, I'm sorry, the approach to study Torah is bitul. therefore it also has to be throughout one study of Torah. In other words, not just as a prerequisite, but it also has to be throughout, as one studies Torah, every moment one has to be in that mode of bitul to Hashem. Why? Because you think about it. Let's say when one sets out to do a mitzvah. Of course, there's the general, the general uh, so to speak, prep point, where they're going to do a mitzvah of Hashem. But even if while doing the mitzvah, they forget that. Even if while doing the mitzvah, somehow their own personal ego gets involved, their own personal agenda somehow gets mixed in. But the fact is that they're doing the mitzvah, that's A. And B, by virtue of the fact that they're doing an action which Hashem wants them to do, that in itself is an act of bitul on some level, albeit. Whereas when you study Torah... Since the whole point is to take my, my intellect and connect it to Hashem's intellect, in other words, I have to use my intellect, I have to try to understand to the furthest depth that I could understand, and at the same time, remember that it's not about me, it's not about what's going on in this head, it's about what's going on beyond me and connecting to that. And therefore, if somebody doesn't have bitul throughout the study of Torah, every moment of it, then God forbid they can come to a point where perhaps they can feel that they got to a level in which they are subservient to Hashem, in which they are bitul, but they're not. And this can actually be um, demonst- this can actually be felt, this can actually be visualized and demonstrated in the following scenario. Imagine somebody who's deeply engrossed in the study of Torah and has a heated debate with somebody else and then gets offended that that person is not accepting their way of thinking, is not accepting their argument. So it becomes personal. But the person can, act, can, can perhaps even be so distorted in their true awareness of their state of connection to Hashem that they actually think that the reason why they're upset at the other person is not because it's personal. It's because that person is not seeing the light. It's because that, the other is not seeing the truth as the truth should be. But little do they realize that it's really about them. 
it's personal. Because otherwise, why would you get angry? Why would you get upset? Is Are you really on that high level that it upsets you that somebody doesn't have the absolute, pure, solid truth like you think it is? So it's about you. And this is why Bittul is the leading prerequisite and the leading agent that one needs to have throughout the study of Torah in order to maintain the purity of the study of Torah and the purity of that connection to Hashem, one's intellect to Hashem's intellect. And this is why the basis of the study of Torah, not only for the children, but even for the adults, as we mentioned, is all included in this verse which talks about which speaks about the mitzvah of learning with children because it's telling us that throughout both when we start when we approach the study of torah and during and throughout entire lives while we're studying torah we always have to be in this mode the mode of a cotton like a child a child doesn't have this own grandiose image of themselves this own overblown, egotistic impression of their own selves. Yes, children sometimes tend because of their emotional attributes, they tend to argue. But in the terms of their intellect, they're pure and they're subservient, they receive from adults. So we also always have to be in that mode that even when we're as adults and as great giants in Torah, even when we're studying Torah, we still and we always have to maintain this concept, this idea of bitul, which is expressed in the idea of a being a child. And here we come also to a very interesting sequel to this. It means as a follow-up to this, the Rebbe says, as we all know, everything that happens in the world is always by divine providence, by the Ashgacha Pratis. Nothing is happenstance, especially in matters of Torah. So when two matters in Torah coincide, obviously there's a connection. This week's Parsha, Parshas Ve'eschanan typically is read on the same Shabbos, Shabbos proceeding Tishabav, on which we typically also read the fourth chapter, we study the fourth chapter in Pirkei Avos, in the Ethics of the Fathers, as the custom is, especially in Chabad, to, to recite Pirkei Avos throughout the entire summer. So if we look at the at chapter four, we immediately see that it is an obvious connection, it's a very obvious connection, because much of this chapter discusses the virtues of the study of Torah, the obligation of the study of Torah, and how one has to be totally involved in that endeavor all the time. But there are two specific things in this, two specific teachings in this chapter, which especially connect to this concept, to this point that we just made, again, namely, that one needs to always be like a cotton, like a child, meaning totally bottle in order to truly approach the study of Torah and also while one is studying Torah in order to really and effectively accomplish the the uh, the, the objective of what Torah, Torah study is supposed to accomplish. So the two things are, number one, if you look in Mishnah Chaf, Mishnah 20, paragraph 20 in chapter 4 in Pirkei Avos, it says like this, if somebody teaches, Halome Torah, the one who studies Torah as a child, what is this compared to? This is compared to one writing with ink on a clean page, on a clean piece of paper, meaning on a paper that's never been used. However, one who studies Torah, zakin, zakin literally means as an elder. What is this compared to? To one who writes on a paper which has already been erased. Now the question is, it's obvious 
and clear that what the sage is trying to do is to encourage us to learn in our youth, to study Torah and to be diligent about it in the youth, because it's much easier and more effective to absorb things when you're young. That, that's obvious. But the question becomes, then what is he saying to the, old, to the older person, to the zakain, to the elder? Is he telling him, listen, forget about it, just fall into despair and just give it up. You're not really going to study Torah well. And even if you try, it's going to be really difficult because it's almost like you're already like a, like a paper, like a piece of parchment, which has been written on and erased and it's never going to be clear. It's always going to have some, some distortion, some, some you know, a lack of clarity. Is that what the sage is doing to discourage one to learning? The answer is no, says the Rebbe. It has nothing to do with age. That's not what he's saying. It has to do with one's attitude, one's approach to learning Torah. What the sage is saying is as follows. How is one to learn? What is supposed to be the proper attitude and approach to learning? Learn as a child. If you study as a child, no matter how great you are in Torah, you could be 95 years old and you have studied for the last, six, uh, for the last 85 years. You could have studied from, from when you were 5 years old. For the last 90 years, you studied Torah. And you're the greatest genius. You're, you're the Moses of Torah. But right now, your attitude is that you're studying Torah as a child. Like we mentioned above, you're totally bottled. Then, it's like you're studying on a clean slate. And you're always going to have a pure connection to Hashem. A pure and direct connection from your intellect to Hashem's intellect. But if you study, quote, as an elder, meaning like you're somebody, and you have some... some, some uh, collegiate worth so to speak you are a zaka and you're an elder as we know typically what is an elder not by age but an elder means it says one who acquires wisdom you feel like listen i got something here to contribute to and it becomes somewhat about you then you're not really going to ever have a true and pure absolute connection to hashem so that's one Mishnah, says the Rebbe. Another Mishnah, I'm going to go back one, which is Mishnah 19, paragraph 19. And it says over there as follows, Shmuel HaKatan Omer, Shmuel HaKatan says, Bin al-tismach. When your enemy falls, when your enemy fails, don't rejoice. Don't be happy. And when he stumbles, do not rejoice. Your heart should not rejoice. Why? Because pen yira Hashem because lest Hashem see and it'll be, quote, bad in his eyes. And Hashem will turn his anger, his wrath away from him. What's he saying? First of all, he's speaking over here in Pirkei Avos, teaching us things that are just basic, decent human behavior. Pirkei Avos is about the going the extra mile is about mila de chasidusa is about the extra virtue where a yid has already accomplished everything and is a total mensch and now you're taking it to the next level this this seems so despicable to see somebody fall to see somebody stumble and to laugh and to be happy is that who he's talking about says the rebbe this is again going back to two talmide chachamim two scholars who are studying torah and they have a debate in halacha now, when they have a debate in halacha, at the end, we know that the halacha cannot be two ways. The law has to be one way. It's either this way or the other way. Anytime you have a debate in the Talmud, Hillel Shammai, Shmaya Talian, whoever it may be, Rabbi Yochanan Rishlakish, whoever it may be, they may both have a fantastic point, a Torah point, a virtuous point. But at the end of the day, you can only do things one way. 
And whatever reason it is, there is, that's a whole separate discussion in itself, but Hashem desires and set them the rules that the halacha should be this way versus the other way. And that's what he's saying. That when one sees, one has a debate, and he feels like, wow, I have a reason to rejoice because I see that the halacha is like me. The halacha is like me. And if the halacha is like me, that means that I have so much connected to Hashem that I have become one with Hashem. And I have now earned, so to speak, this special privilege that Hashem makes it that the halacha is like me. And that becomes now, and the other one stumbles because the other one is not the halacha. His opinion obviously did not make the mark. Says the Rebbe, this is what the sage is telling us. That if you look at it, as you look at the other person, a quote, as your enemy, or as he stumbled, then this is bad in the eyes of God. Why is this bad in the eyes of God? Because if you were truly connected to Hashem with your Torah, and if there was truly not about you, but totally altruistic and totally about your connection to Hashem, then you would realize that really, as the Talmud tells us, both this opinion and that opinion are both the words of the living God. It's just for whatever reason, Hashem decided that the halacha be this way. But in truth, if both of you are learning Torah and learning Torah with an emes, you're learning, you're truly learning Torah with an earnestness and a true connection to Hashem. Then both of you are right. Both of you are There's no enemy here. You're both on the same page. You're both connected to Hashem. Both of this intellectually and spiritually connects and is, and is in line with Hashem's will. It's just that when it comes to the halacha phase of things, Hashem wills it to be otherwise. And that's why if you rejoice, what does that indicate? That you're lacking the bittel, that there's something here that is about you, that there's something about you here, and you forget the fact that it's about Hashem, and it's about the connection Hashem. So we see how it all connects to the concept that we learned, again, to summarize, that one study of Torah, not only begins when one's a child, but throughout one's life, one has to study Torah, and that child mode, which is like a, a, a child lock, like always be locked on that, they will always study with bitul, total and absolute subservience, and devotion, to Hashem and to